Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Marhefka, and I am excited to bring you the following conversations with some of the most interesting people I have ever met. When I set out to start recording the Fully Expressed Podcast, my intention was not to be the biggest, the most listened to, the most profitable podcast, but my intention was to be the most vulnerable podcast. And so as I interview our guests, my desire is to bring up stories and share experiences that they haven't shared before or they don't share regularly, to let us into their world even deeper so that we may learn and grow from their stories. And so far, we've certainly done that. Please check out all the episodes we've recorded on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other platforms. And if you love this show, please leave us a review, let me know, and also share this with a friend who you think might enjoy it. Lastly, if you want to support this show, please go over to trainingcampforthesoul.com. Training Camp for the Soul is my company where we do emotional healing, inner child work, and we teach people how to truly transform their lives. This show is completely funded by Training Camp for the Soul, so if you want to support me in the show, please go check out everything we have to offer over there. If you want to see the show notes and anything more about this podcast, go to chrismarhefka.com slash fully expressed. And then lastly, go over and follow me on the Instagram at chrismarhefka, where I share my own personal stories vulnerably, openly, and honestly. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm here with my brother, the wizard, Daniel Duran. Thank you for joining me. Daniel is a uh, human tuner, and I've experienced some tuning up by Daniel. So, Daniel, I'd like to start off with what the hell does it mean to be a human tuner? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for asking. First of all, thank you for having me, bro. It's nice to be here with you. So human tuning, I feel, is the remembrance of what I call our human technology. I feel us being highly advanced biophotonic light beings that are remembering how to become lighter and lighter to let go of all of the extra cargo that we may have been carrying for a long time energetically, emotionally, physically through our injuries, through our shapes of being that we've developed through our patterning. So yeah, this is just a summary of what I feel, who we are, but then also what I do is help people align and come into congruence with their truth, with their full potential, with their superhuman potential and capabilities. Mm, I love that. And talk a little bit about how you just referenced how we come together as this form with our patterns that we experience in our past. What is actually at play there how does that happen (laughs) well so i feel like yeah (laughs) yeah we can giggle about it um, because (laughs) i feel like bringing some levity to all of that is important but i really feel like this is like a video game of some sort like a sacred video game and the more fun we can have with it the better and say from the moment that we were born maybe even in our mom's womb right there was programs and energies that were already embedding into us in our human 
form mm-hmm. in our human technology into mm-hmm. this thing that we walk around meat suit. In, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like even I want to reprogram that concept of meat suit because ah. I, again, I feel like this is, we have a great opportunity in this experience now to remember that this is much more than just the meat suit. I feel like mm-hmm. there's crevices and there's switches from figuring out like points through like tendons and ligaments, muscles, myofascia to maybe even like swipes. You swipe on your smartphone where we're remembering there's activations here at play, right? But you asked about the shape and I feel like most of our patterns and programs were implemented into our system between the age of when we came out up into about seven and then a few more up until about 12. Mm -hmm. So if we take that into account here, how much do we have to unlearn from, especially from our parents, from our grandparents, from the environments we grew up in, from our friends, from our schools, all of these mm-hmm. things are at play here. So I feel like we, our physical body develops and moves into patterning that it is attached to those programs that were given to us mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And do you feel that everyone has this capacity? I think I know your answer, but everyone has the capacity to shift these patterns, to heal, to tune in, to... Yes, I feel that we do. And I feel that there's just the first thing is a willingness to do so. And that's just the turning the knob on the door and seeing that light on the other side coming in. And and as you open it further and further, you recognize that just micro adjustments create macro results. Mm. Once you just go with the belief that you can shift. And I feel that getting to the place where there is a moment that you feel that there is a shift comes with a feeling, Mm -hmm. comes with a feeling Mm -hmm. like... I don't feel good. Right <laughs> yeah. Now, right. It could be yeah. something like that. Yeah. Like something's up. Like uh-huh. my body is tripping. Like I feel like tightness in my neck or my <laughs> chest. So that's like a trailhead right there. Like mm-hmm. a marker point where you're like, okay, well, what can I do to feel better? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I find that even just the awareness that there was a door to open was like massive for me. And then every inch that I cracked it all open was this overwhelming oh, wow, there's much more than I thought just a moment before I opened this door. (laughs) My goodness, yeah. Yeah, so I want to hear about that also. And and similarly with me and that there was a moment where I felt finally it was like to the tipping point where it was like there was such constriction, such pressure, such anxiety, such stress, such dysfunction, disharmony unhealthiness happening that it was finally like okay either you open this door and take a chance to shift and go and take a right turn on this corner or you're just going to lay down and you're going to be out of this experience because that's just what I felt it was that powerful yeah that powerful to to know that like okay if I don't make a different choice here then I'm out yeah I'm not going to be around anymore and what were some of those things that were stacking up, piling up? What was the state of Daniel's life back then? The state of Daniel's life? Well, definitely a lot of intoxication since an early age. I mean, since I grew up in San Diego, California, closer to the border in Chula Vista, which is two miles and we're on Revolution Avenue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> drinking till 16. Uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. This started around 16. You know, yeah. I, like, I had a fake ID. Yep. And so... I developed a pattern of drinking heavily you know, mm-hmm. starting at 16 and that lasted up until 25. Mm-hmm. That was like constant, just 
drinking and then other things came in coke and pills and all these things mm-hmm. like you know like i was trying to find a balance where i'm like i need more energy but i want to go to sleep i need more energy but i want to oh, sleep yeah and it just was like it became not, <laughs> not the best way to go about uh-huh. <laughs> and that was the first end of the road situation where at 25 it was like okay i had managed to pull off graduating from college i graduated mm-hmm. from san diego state bachelor of fine arts with emphasis in furniture making so studio furniture art essentially really which was super awesome yeah and i had a blast doing that but there was like the youth juice that we have when we're <laughs> <laughs> you know when, when like we're in our early 20s uh-huh. we can do anything we're invincible, anything, right? yeah. indestructible, indestructible invincible, yeah. I, I can stay up partying all night and i can graduate from college uh-huh. right? yeah i can get a's and i can get my work done and all uh-huh. stuff, right but there was something in my body that was already telling me like you're overweight, you're eating unhealthily, you've developed these unhealthy lifestyles and these patterns, mm-hmm. right? It was normal for me to just rage all weekend mm-hmm. and yep. even like maybe one or two days during the week, right? So there's four or five days a week that I'm <laughs> getting fucked up mm-hmm. opposed to like when I'm not. So yeah. this is like there was a tipping point there through actually, we've talked about Mount Shasta. There was a very important crossroads for me when I shifted out of that frequency at 25, somehow angels and guides and all these things took me to Mount Shasta mm-hmm. after that end of that run. And I was able to detox and sober up at essentially at the base of Mount Shasta in Lakehead, which mm-hmm. is the town right next mm-hmm. to Shasta. Yeah. And uh, important things happened for me there. I was able to shift out of that frequency. Two weeks of cold turkey really put me into a new frequency mm-hmm. where I got back to San Francisco and I was working in a design studio doing wood and metal fabrication i was like everything was getting in order Mm -hmm. and then i found martial arts i found kung fu and that's really what tuned my physical body into Mm -hmm. shape so there was some divine guidance but also my willingness to shift and then also bringing in embodiment practices Mm -hmm. that i had never done before that were helping my physical body Mm -hmm. helping me sweat helping me clear Mm -hmm. helping me tune and become more agile become more yeah, just in tune with myself. Yeah. So then at 29, there was like a four year of like, I'm getting in order. Everything's coming back. And around 29, I started going back down the hill. Mm. Early 30s, I started partying again and mm. got really dark until about 34. That's when it was, I felt like I was at the end of another road. Mm. I was like, okay, this is happening again. Like, uh, what do I do mm-hmm. to shift this? And I found myself in my first ayahuasca ceremony mm-hmm. in March of 2014. And I had learned about this medicine, I think in my early years in college. I read a book called The Cosmic Serpent by Jeremy Narby mm-hmm. and really opened up my curiosity of like, what is this plant? Like, what is the, I read this book and it sounds amazing and, you know, it sounds like it helps people heal and all these things. And 2014, I'm in Marin County for ayahuasca ceremony, huge experience, mm-hmm. just really ripped me to shreds. Didn't have much self-help tools that I was actually practicing yet. It was like, light meditation practice mm-hmm. once a week at best. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's about it. Uh-huh. And then I had done a fast to prepare myself for this ceremony, mm-hmm. a 10 day fast. And I just got ripped to shreds, man. Like I was shown who I was and what it's like, it was weird, man. It was like, I was like this blue de- devil, this blue demon. And all of my friends were in the same frequency were like blue skin had horns. And it was just like, Whoa, this is gnarly. And she gave me a vision of who I would be in 20 years if I continued in that frequency. And I got so sick to my stomach. I was like, there's no way I can be this person. You know, Uh it's just, it was very 
I was in this futuristic city and I was in a high rise building. I remember walking out to the window and there was like flying vehicles and all these things. And I looked at the state of my apartment. It was just like trash and fast food wrappers. And I'm just like, oh, dude, oh, this is gross. Yeah. And that was my first time I started purging. And, yeah. and then I went into my mom's stomach and I was like, remember the moment of I'm a cesarean baby of her stomach being cut open and coming out. So I recognized this later as like me clearing these traumas, uh-huh. of like what happened to me in my life. And like, even maybe that was one of my first ones, right? Like mm-hmm. being unnaturally out of, yeah. out of my mom's stomach. So that happened. That was huge. I thought I was good. I was like, ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so, I'm going to, I'm going to tell my friends about it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, heard that story. Like, Come on. I'm the, <laughs> you know, I'm the shepherder for this. Let's all yeah. follow me. Uh-huh. Right? And then that didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I found myself about two months after that, back into that dark frequency of like, I had let it all go and I was drinking again. And I was like, Phew. I was in Atlanta and I made it back to San Francisco and I was just, I remember just walking on the street probably a few days after not sleeping and having this vision that was very peculiar and also very interesting. It was like all of a sudden I look up and there's a coil of snakes around my head, these black snakes, like almost like a halo. And they're just moving around each other, kind of looking at me. And I wasn't on any psychoactive substance. Perhaps it was my lack of sleep, Sleep, right? Mm -hmm. But whatever it did, whatever that caused and that vision to activate, I felt it connected to the ayahuasca ceremony that I had been in two mm-hmm. months be- before that. Mm-hmm. And that was the moment where I shifted. Yeah. I don't know how or why or what that was, but those snakes appearing led me to the Amazon jungle almost immediately. Wow. And, and then that was a good three years of my life uh-huh. where I went deep into the medicine work, deep into the healing process, first myself and then my family members, my dad, and then that brought me into the general arena of Mm -hmm. now helping people, you know, the community. I find it so fascinating how we live these lives of 100 years, 90 years, 80 years, and we repeat the same thought patterns, the same movement patterns, the same emotional patterns. And then as soon as we get this one that's completely different that shows us something outside of just our normal operating it can change the trajectory of our whole life just like one moment couldn't it all be so simple right yeah i agree it's just and when that one flash in the dark comes in Mm -hmm. where it's like that's just all it took right Mm -hmm. like similarly to i feel the willingness to shift the pattern could be so small but as long as you take an action step, mm-hmm. do it, it yes. creates almost like an avalanche eventually of mm-hmm. light to the tap. Yeah. yeah. During these times, you said you had some changes at the base of the mountain. You shifted and you kind of shifted back and you had these back and forth. During those periods of going back into old patterns, did you have awareness of what was happening and you just unconsciously going into it? That's a good question. I feel like, yes, there was some because there was definitely, I remember being, just in my being being like, don't do that again. You know where that's going to lead you. Mm -hmm. But then the power of that pattern being Mm -hmm. so embedded that it took me there anyways. But then also recognizing it as, hey, well, I needed to have the new energetics upgraded into my system to recognize that 
the old ones no longer serve me. So mm-hmm. there was a moment where I felt this a few times where it was like, you worked on yourself and you made this space, you cleared this space mm-hmm. and then the old pattern, whatever, however that works, right? Either yeah. energetically or something appears in your environment or someone calls you out of the blue that you hadn't talked to in a long mm-hmm. time, right? We're like, oh, this guy's connected to me going to these bars and getting fucked up or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? It's something comes up like that. But I feel like the mastery here is really the hyper awareness of what's happening. You know, mm-hmm. like really like, okay, these are patterns. And if you decide to initiate a new pattern, it requires discipline and mm-hmm. diligence to support this new frequency that you've moved into. Mm-hmm. So I feel that all of it was a success and it was all learning. Right. And it's all training all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. So like, yes, getting to that place where I'm like, I had to do that yep. in order to be who I am now. And that works for me. That feels real. For sure. I'm glad that you said that because I hear so many people that are cracking the door open on their path and they have this predictable contraction into an old pattern or something comes up and they're like, oh, I haven't gotten anywhere. I haven't done, oh, all this work was for nothing. And it's just only true if that's the story they hold to it. <laughs> but if it's like, oh, cool, this is just so I can further solidify this new pattern. It's just coming up so I can re- get to re-ingrain the new. That's it. That's it. And there was a moment where when I speak on this around my experience and the summary of it where I seem to have developed these dark warehouses of space where there's all these experiences I did in a certain lower frequency, mm-hmm. essentially a darker zone, you know, yeah. a lot of like shadowy doings, mm-hmm. right? And so it was like, I've seen the vision periodically where there's like dark, almost like plain airplane hangers where there were just lights off. It was like a massive amount mm-hmm. of space. And when the healing switches started turning on, it was lights in these warehouses where it was, you hit that light and it's like, doof, 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 mm-hmm. doof, the halogen lights just like, turn, uh-huh. like opening up the space. So you're like, wow, everything's so lit up now. And now I have more space to create. Yeah. And I can actually see what's happening mm-hmm. now with my awareness. Mm-hmm. Whereas before it was just autopilot. This is normal. I don't know anything else. It just keeps going. And I've had a recurring vision of, lights coming on but it feels more for the collective and it's this i've had it in dreams and visions and meditations it's just this world map it's just the whole earth and i like they show the images at night where like certain areas are lit up in the bigger cities and it just starts off just mostly dark there's a couple lights here and there and then around those lights more lights start to come up and it's almost like and it comes up and like wakes up the coast and it's almost the world is waking up with the sunrise and just all of a sudden it just starts popping like popcorn. And then the whole map just starts lighting up a wave of light just goes over it. I love that. Yeah. And I see it so often. (laughs) That's great. Yes. I share that vision too, where again, it's my light is now these torches that Mm -hmm. I have, right. Mm -hmm. That I'm like, okay, well got this information here, Mm -hmm. pass on the torch to you. May this emblazon your life the way mm-hmm. it did for me. Mm-hmm. You could take it or leave it. Yeah. This is my offering to you. Like this right. is like now I feel like I've learned so much in the lower frequencies mm-hmm. that now I can teach mm-hmm. the transform space in the higher frequencies. What are some of the most impactful pieces of information that you teach now that were supportive of you in your journey? There's always new bits to this information and what I feel spirituality is one's great awareness of their patterns and their programs. Mm. And the better we become at just slowing down 
and taking notes of how we're operating and how we're moving, we're essentially tuning into our source. So that is, it becomes a fun game really (laughs) where you're like, wow, this synchronicity is no coincidence that everything is working properly. Everything's in motion. When I'm so lit up by my intentions or what I'm setting forward, all of a sudden there's like this white bird that appears and like walks up to me or, you know what I mean? Like a gust of wind will come and affirm that, yes, this is Mm. correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so everything just is in sync and in harmony. Yeah. So yeah, just becoming slower and more aware I feel is a good summary of what's been helpful for me. And of course there's things to learn around how to do this, right. And, And practices and disciplines and, also challenges that you can set forth for yourself. Yeah. I found that the first, I I talk about it often in my story, but the first time, especially using your definition of spirituality, my first spiritual experiences was really just being in nature, oftentimes solo, oftentimes quiet without distraction. And then there's this thing that happens where I think it's unavoidable no matter how wound up you are is you spend enough time in nature and your body just starts to down regulate to the pace of it (laughs) there's like no magic pill there it's just like you spend enough time and the body slows down and then I remember just having these really deep experiences just silent in a solo backpacking trip and I just ended up watching ants on the ground I was like laying down and watching them like flooding into my awareness was all of my patterns of how I do things like the ants and like how I'm going and how I'm not present and just all these things. And it was just like I was making connections somehow to this movie of ants just carrying around grains of sand. And it was the first time that I really took myself out of me operating me as the machine, as like the doer. And I brought that up partially because I think you do quite a bit of work with nature and the elements, right? I do. Yeah. 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 Well, I love that. And of course, that was just the first like uh, chip at answering your question too of uh, what's been helpful for me, right? And agreed to you on that. If you are slow enough to notice, especially the animals and the birds and the natural elements that present themselves, when you slow down enough, you recognize that all the information is all around us all the time and related to us and our upgrades, especially, right? So like you could even, if you have a moment, go out to nature and ask a question. And if you just sit and become aware of your environment, a feeling that comes up in your body, or perhaps you see the ants appear to you, right? There's like a message there for you, mm-hmm. right? Just like you experienced. Right. Yeah. And yeah, this is uh shamanism essentially, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. People use different words for that, but it's ways to connect to your higher source through yourself and through your environment, especially the natural environment. And I really feel like the natural elements here are so interactive that they're just yearning for our connection and our attention. Or if you just ask a question, they're like going to show up and like show you, like, yeah. hey, like, check it out. <laughs> this is like what you asked for. Like, yeah. Are you slow enough to wait for the answer, right? And it doesn't take too long, Mm. really. And what is time? Right. (laughs) What is time? Time is what we make of it. Time Mm -hmm. is like what intentions we set forth and how efficient and how easy we approach it, I feel. You know, like it's not bracketed by 
30 minutes mm-hmm. or like an hour, right? Like yeah. I have an hour to do this instead of, do you have enough space in your day to just be like, I'm going to go out to nature and just be, mm-hmm. don't know how long could be for a while, mm-hmm. but you don't have to put a label on it. Right. But just if you go out with a question, allow yourself the space to wait for the answer. Mm-hmm. Right. That's important. I'll share with you that what just happened. This is like fresh news. Um, I just got back from Portugal mm-hmm. and it was such an amazing journey to this land, uh, Sintra, Sintra. And it felt a summary of my spiritual development mm. where I was so blown away by the animals that showed up, all of a lot of spirit guides and totems that presented themselves from mythology that I was connected to, to the big like, oh my God moment where I was taken into this forest and I was like, wait, this looks familiar. And it's literally a place where in my mind, I will guide people in shamanic drum journeys. I do this periodically through the week, like with my clients. Mm-hmm. And I like come to this path and it's shrouded with foliage and trees. It's almost just this opening big enough for you to like walk uh-huh. into. And I'm being taken to this place where I'm like, wait a minute, this looks familiar. This is what's usually in my mind's eye when I'm journeying with people. And I take people to a redwood tree. This is in my experience, like the first time I ever did a shamanic journey was accessing a portal through a redwood tree. And this was in Grass Valley back in 2014. And since then, I've developed a relationship with the redwood tree and make offerings. And especially like being from California, I have like mm-hmm. a, such a deep connection to this ally. So first, I'm here in Portugal just the other day and I'm like in this, okay, this is weird. This is where I usually take people to the redwood tree. And I'm going down this path and what presents itself, dude, at least a 700-year-old redwood tree is here on this land in Portugal. And I'm just like, wow, okay, how does this work, (laughs) right? My mind is trying to figure out. But again, of like, this is just the offering that the universe is giving to me right now. Hey, like, you've done good. Now you're here and you see that this is all an interactive playground where Mm. this is a summary for you to take. It felt like a closing of a book and an opening of a new one, Mm. essentially, where it was just wow. All of my guys were there. I mean, a redwood tree, like who planted that? Yeah. And it's like old, man. It's like at least 700 years old. It's massive. You know, I was like, how did that get there? Mm. So it's fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And what do you say to the naysayers? I doubt there's too many on listen to this show, but they're just coincidence, 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 like all that. That's the fun. That's the magic. Yeah. That's the real reality, I feel. Yeah. Where the momentum of serendipity and symbiosis and connection again comes with modulating frequencies of like, hey, I know when I have to give my best and my powerful output, but then I also know when I can just mm. sit back and relax, right? Yeah. And then there's also the neutral ground where you get to just observe the wisdom that's presenting itself, the now space, like here oh. we are, mm-hmm. right? Where if you're in tune with these frequencies and the way it works, I feel it's more fun. It's more natural. It's more harmonious. You know, it's not so polarized, Mm -hmm. right? Because I feel the polarity is what causes the disharmony. Right. 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 It's it's like, you're not going to experience that wave of this is just all easy flow. Mm -hmm. If you're like too stuck in your grind or if you're too stuck in your darkness, you're not going to be able to find the balance. Right. It almost goes against the polarity of the mind. 
being able to be in those two places to experience those, our mind is literally two parts and two separate. And so it thinks in duality. And so it's almost impossible if you try to understand it from just the logical mind to experience both simultaneously. Totally. Totally. So then I feel, especially, you know, the work with plant medicines and the work, right? Deepening your connection to yourself. You come to this place of Mm non-duality at times, right? Where you're, okay, what is, is, what was, was, and here I am now, right? There's all these forces that are around us at all times. Mm -hmm. Why don't we just let it be? And these moments I feel are super important for our upgrades. Get through the day even, you know, like taking these pauses of like, I'm turning the phone off. I know there's the to-do list that Mm -hmm. I made out, but let me take a 20 minute turn here and just unplug and sit and breathe and put my feet on the ground outside, sit up against the tree, get into some beautiful spring water. All of these natural element amplification tools are with us all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what I teach a lot about that around. We all got our programs and our patterns and our things to do and our work, but really how we upgrade is big part of is through the help of the natural elements and our connection to the, to them. Yeah. Yeah. I fully agree with that. And I track very, just from a meta perspective, the periods of my life where I'm out in the sun with no time constraints, my feet are on the dirt, I'm getting in good, clean spring water. I'm so much more connected. I'm so much more lit up, energized, creative, inspired versus the moments that I'm spending in front of a screen or inside or eating a bunch of chemicals or putting a bunch of chemicals. And that's actually how I track a lot of my decisions or to get back to the natural world. As close as I live to the natural world, the better I feel. Man, that is it. Yeah. Inspirational for me to hear too, because sometimes I can't put words on Mm -hmm. that. Even I feel for all of us setting these intentions or these visionings that we have uh-huh. like, okay where do we feel best right yeah and that's it same i feel best when i'm outside and when i'm connected to to the natural element. and now that i'm so in love and solid in myself i almost find it like a fun game to be the weird guy doing something that's so different i even think about here in my house i walk barefoot everywhere usually shirtless outside and be walking my dog and even now that it's getting a little cooler It'll be like 40 degrees in the morning or something like that. And I'll be out shirtless because I want to feel I'm taking a 15 minute walk. I can deal with that. And I love how it energizes my body. And People are in these big winter coats, like trying to regulate. And I like taking being pride in the weird, crazy guy that's doing these weird things. Yeah. I feel that, man. I love that. Thank you for, be, for being that. Yeah. It's noticed. Thank you. And I see you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Again, too, man, if there's, you find, I was, again, in Portugal, it was this pool of fresh spring water Mm -hmm. that was 40 degrees. Mm. No one else in the group was getting in. It was like, oh, it's too cold. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Heck no, man. I'm in this every day. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. This is here for us. Yes. It's just like, that's it, man. I feel you on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, I'm walking distance to Barton Springs and the days where I just make it a point to, even if I'm not going to make a day out of it. Just ride my bike over there, hop in the springs, sunshine, and then ride back. 30 minutes out of my day and it's the most energizing. Dude, I'm the same, man. I always have my trunks and a towel in the Mm -hmm. truck and 
I'll make it a point either to get to Barton Springs or somewhere along the mm-hmm. lake where the spring mm-hmm. water's coming out. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a dip in and dip out, yep. that's really, I mean, it's a good practice. I feel for all of us right now to have access to some sort of body of water to do this with the intention of activation, with the intention of clearing. Mm-hmm. And really, you'll notice that it does make a difference when you embed that or mm-hmm. when you resonate that feeling of I'm asking for something mm-hmm. and in reciprocity, I'm giving something. So maybe even have a flower or some tobacco that you can offer back to mm-hmm. the spring. It creates a relationship and the relationships are important with mm-hmm. the natural elements because they're more supportive. It's just a friend that you yeah. consider a good friend, right? Yeah. You gift them periodically because you love them, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. the same with them. They're here to communicate with us in ways that are different than just like what we learn through our vocal cords. You yeah. know, it's like through feelings, through visions, through experience, mm. right? Reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I think we've lost a lot of that as a culture and as a people. I mean, brother, I feel like many of us are here to just assist in the remembrance of that. I'll share a little bit about something that happened to me or a few things that happened to me that were marker events in my life. And this was even before the medicine work, but somehow came to me again through the medicine work and it was being struck by lightning. So I've been struck by lightning twice. What? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that. No. Yeah. So that. (laughs) Wow. Wild experiences. First time in St. Louis, the year 2000, I was 20 years old, walking down the street with a group of friends, bright, sunny day. And then all of a sudden, just this dark cloud storm came and I'm literally two feet away from a metal light post. And I just remember seeing a flash on the ground and the lightning electricity going up the metal pole and it just hit my right arm and knocked me down. And my hearing was out for about 20 minutes. I just heard the ringing of that metal. And the second time in Vegas in 2002, two years later, and this was wild because I was literally back in AOL dial-up. <laughs> it was like, I'm on the, yep. the modem. And house sitting for my cousin. They're out of town. I'm home alone. I'm in this nice home in North Vegas where it's track home community, very sterile. And I think about maybe one or two families in the neighborhood. There's like a brand new development. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of dark dreary up at the edge of Las Vegas and I'm on AOL dial-up literally researching I was like a super into Egyptology but I was researching Toth Egyptian Hermes and Mercury and their connection to lightning Mm -hmm. and I'm doing this research and the house gets hit by lightning what yeah and (laughs) (laughs) and this time it hit the house it didn't hit me directly but it was so powerful that it knocked me off the chair and I woke up on my back And I remember like a very peculiar popping in my nasal cavity. I remember just being like, like in the front of my face. And I just remember just being out. I don't know for how long, but the lights came back on the house. I came back to and I was just like, whoa, what was that? So (laughs) this is in 2002 where Uh I was very unclear, unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And what I recognized not until 14 years later was that I didn't have enough space to receive that initiation that happened through those experiences. So it was actually in an Aya ceremony in 2016. I was in Amatlan, Mexico. And this is another place that's just so embedded with ancient mythology. And they say that Quetzalcoatl in his, one of his human forms when he came to this place, this earth, 
and when he was came as this being and he brought the seed of corn to Amatlan. So corn arrived to this place mm. in Amatlan, whereas like central Mexico where this was like for the whole world. Mm-hmm. Like this is where it started. And so Quetzalcoatl is very connected to the wind. Other mythologies say that you know, Quetzalcoatl is this being that has come to, you know, different timelines, you know, Viracocha, Ashtar, like all these different beings that are apparently this one being, right? So I'm at this place where this thing happened apparently a long time ago where corn arrived, <laughs> earth. Yeah. And probably it was like the most, one of the most vivid, if not the most vivid, hyper-realistic Aya spaces where dark, we're in the Maloka, we're just like everybody's, it's at night, can't really see much. And in my mind's eye, was just opened up to almost like this type of quality of like a situation where this man enters this room I'm sitting in and he, I look at him and it's interesting because he actually looks more like I look now. He had a beard and he had long hair, whereas before I had short hair, no beard. And he just goes, give me your right hand. And I go like this and he starts like growing, growing like this like massive being. And I remember looking at his outfit and it was like a tight fitting, almost like a Star Trek outfit. Like he came from space or mm-hmm. somewhere. And it was like very interesting writing over his like right side of his chest, like a circle and all these like weird, almost like hieroglyphs. And he says to me today, I'm giving you the gift of lightning. And he puts lightning into my right hand. And I remember that sensation on my right arm from being struck in 2000 in yeah. St. Louis. And I was like, oh shit. I was like, I've been struck by lightning and I had shelved the memories for wow. so long. And so I feel that because I had cleared enough space for two years doing medicine work and just clearing my body mm. and opening up my antennas really mm-hmm. is what was happening. Mm-hmm. I was able to receive that initiation. So back on the lightning was like back online in me. And then shortly after that, I found myself at these weather ceremonies in Mexico where I got invited because I shared the story of like being struck by lightning with a few people and what happened in the ceremony. And they're like, dude, that's an initiation. That's something's up here. We know about these ceremonies in Mexico. Check it out next month. So I ended up going back to Tepoztlan and sure enough, I walk into this gate of this community and this temple and I start recognizing people I'm like, oh, like <laughs> you, I know you, uh-huh. what's up with this, you know? And people start sharing stories with me like, oh yeah, I've been struck by lightning too. Burned down my parents double wide in the Appalachians. They struck me in the head and burned down the whole house. I'm like, what? I'm meeting people that got struck by lightning all of a sudden, oh, a month after yeah. the ceremony and the lightning being, puts the lightning in my hand. And I remember what happened in 2000. So it's like all coming back online. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So then two years after that, I, I'm initiated into this path. And now Granicero, weather worker, which is I'm um, essentially building relationships with the natural elements, but especially the weather and the water elements, mm. which has to do with the calibration of the weather. So like we were talking about the spring, the reciprocity, mm-hmm. if enough people are in tune with building relationships with the natural elements, we have the capacity and the ability to align much more than things are happening right now. So mm. that's the bigger game I'm playing here yeah. where I'm raising awareness around, hey, perhaps why don't we all go out to nature and just lay down some prayers or make some offerings mm-hmm. and really become in tune because it really works in tandem. Mm. With, we work in tandem with it and, and it with us, right? And we just have to be, believe in it. Yeah, right? We have to believe that this is true. That's a big part right. of the belief frequency, but also making the proper offerings and 
things like this of like reciprocity where we're like, Hey, thank you. Like really just, yeah. I'm grateful. Yeah. You provide for the weather work that I do. It's really just a deep gratitude prayer. When the rain arrives, I go out and say, thank you. Like, thank you for bringing water to this land. Thank you for watering the plants and the trees for hydrating the animals, hydrating us, mm-hmm. you know, refilling the aquifer, right? The Edwards aquifer here. I mean, yeah. This is like an important, special, uh, yeah. special place, mm-hmm. you know? So I feel like maybe that's why I was so drawn to Austin. Mm-hmm. Where, like I felt the, Something in the water, yeah. Of the water here under the ground. So, yeah, man, this is a little (laughs) more more into my life and happy to share. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting to me to hear you talk about that because it feels like conversations I have when I'm down in South America and I'm sitting with just people that live in tune with nature and it's not even weird to them it's like no this is what we do to thank the land and to be in reciprocity and you operate in the modern world in some regards and you're also carrying this ancient wisdom and connection the question that wants to come is how do you do that well like how do you balance that well because a lot of the way we live in the modern world is not in harmony with nature and so where does that balance lie for you well so there is a a commitment that I made in this path where I go down to Mexico at least once a year for my ceremonies. So it's a continual engagement and Mm -hmm. practice Mm -hmm. for me. Like there's a morning prayer and an evening prayer Mm -hmm. that I make. That's a special prayer for the weather. So that keeps the the activation Mm -hmm. alive, right? There's my altar that I have set up where it's set up in a certain way. There's always a candle lit. So there's always an element of fire present. The elements are always present there. So there's ways to help you remember Mm. that I feel that I've set up for myself. And really what this is for all of us is a big remembering process that we're in the midst of right now. Mm. And I feel like you spoke of the modern world, right? The matrix. Mm -hmm. It's it's a distraction. It's created to distract us from our our true nature. And our true nature is that we are all of this. We are all one. Mm. And we all have our special gifts to share that really amplify and help everyone else evolve with Mm -hmm. it, right? So I feel just to keep on the question is it's daily practice. It's mm-hmm. daily. And then it's also discipline and really gratitude, really of deepening the gratitude practice. Like I spoke of day by day, each new day, it's like, it feels I'm more and more grateful to be in this experience, to be a part of this. Really, it's a miracle that all of this, mm-hmm. you know, if we could all remember that this is really sacred and this is a miracle that things will shift. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are, embedded in just the box yeah this is the grind this is how it was this is i gotta earn i gotta take care of a family i need to buy this house i need to do do, do. and then it's over and then i retire and i believe i'm gonna die Mm -hmm. i believe that i'm gonna maybe be reincarnated and come back (laughs) into this again Uh uh-huh do it again do it again yeah Mm -hmm. right and i feel that there's a new path here where we can believe something different and we can also practice something different we could also practice to be more in tune with ourselves and with the natural elements because they're still here. You know, it's yeah. not completely wiped out yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? We have a chance here. Yeah. We could all just take better care. Mm. As you were sharing some of that, I noticed that I position a lot of my life for these constant reminders. Even the setup of where my altar is here, I have to pass it almost every, anytime I do anything in my day, whether I'm walking out my front door, from my bed to the bathroom, from the kitchen to here. It's like, it's the centerpiece of my home. And so just there's 
a number of pieces on there that have very different meanings for me. And every time I pass by it, my gaze goes to the exact thing that I need to see in that moment. And I pause and like just the flood of the experience or the thought that it just comes in when I pause. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the word alter. I teach this a lot in in my programs and with my one-on-one clients. And this is usually the beginning of it where the altar, this is this space where there's all of these, you know, your mythologies, components of your spiritual development, any part of maybe if you have any religion or any of these things that like just feel good to you, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it brought you good things, right? And you place them in a certain way. Maybe you have your ancestors up or totem guides, allies, a bird feather, you know, that reminds you of a bird that helped you along the way. But it's also, I like the word altar because it's A-L-T-A-R is kind of like this traditional, this is where prayer is done, right? But then it's also altar means to shift, yeah, like an alteration, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. if you go to this place where you have all of your components, your counterparts, your guides, your family, it's like, they're all rooting for you to like ask for something or like there's something in my life now that I'm feeling would be better if I shifted. And this is the tailor shop. Mm-hmm. Right, Take it to the altar. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I grew taller. So all of a sudden I need to let loose some of those cuffs on my pants. And get uh, sewn yeah. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. I really yeah. Really like to play on words with, that, with the word altar. I love that. And I never put that together to this moment. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. For sure. Funny fact, that was actually the name of the TV show. I used to host a TV show and yeah, I know it's called Altered. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about. I know. This is, this is, I know. This, that this just, is, this is the fun right here. It really is. <laughs> mm, yeah. I was in it long before I knew it. Yeah. yeah you were, you were, you were mm-hmm. I think it's all pre-programmed. What is time, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's linear. Mm-mm. Not at all. Right. But again, it's like the growth and development it sometimes when you're aware of it all, you look back and be like, wow, I was on the show altered. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like, what did that have to do with me now? Well, it had everything to do with, what, who, with who you are. Mm-hmm. You had to train there. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to train in that. Yeah. And for me, it gives me so much forgiveness or understanding or just acceptance is the word I'm looking for of things that happen in my life right now in this moment that maybe aren't exactly the way that I would want them to go because I now have the capacity where I can look back and when I really tune in, I can draw all those connections of like, oh, that cause led me to this and that led me to this and this and this. And so it's, I don't need to understand every single thing that's happening. I can trust that this universal divine force is putting the right things in front of me And it allows me to just accept on a daily basis, just accept these moments and these things that are happening, knowing that I don't know when this is going to click, but it's going to be fun when it does. I love that. Yeah. It's like like practicing that that detachment from the, any expected outcome, right? Where you're like, that's again, the matrix program. Mm -hmm. If you do this, then this will happen. Right. right? Like like dangling this carrot, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're like, if I grind enough and make enough of this, then I get this, right? Whereas when we're more in tune, you can detach from any of that. And it's just this, we're all creator beings. We're all master yeah. creator beings. Yeah. We can create our reality. Yeah. We just have to be in tune with ourselves right. and with the environment. Right. Really be calm enough. Calm enough. <laughs> Calm's a big one. Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. Yeah. A few years ago, 
again, before I was really on this path, I used to sit with this teacher named Michael Singer and he wrote the book, The Untethered Soul and The Surrender Experiment. And he talks so much about attachment. And the example that he used, I was actually, I thought of it today while I was walking my dog before you got here, because he used to say that we don't judge when a leaf falls off of a tree and fall and it floats through the air and it lands in this particular spot. We don't judge why did that leaf land in that spot? I wanted it to land over here, (laughs) but we're all doing that in our lives and we're not trusting the natural flow of the outcomes. And it's like, we are just the same thing as the leaf falling from the tree, but we're judging every single time the leaf hits the ground. I wanted it over there. It should have been flipped over this way and like should have been. <laughs> yeah, the control mechanisms are so far out these days, man. Especially, yeah, really unlearning them and really just being softer. Yeah. And even as like men, it's like not like a sissy thing to become softer. It's actually hey, guess what? You become softer, you become more receptive. Yes. More of your antennas come up. You actually amplify. Yeah. You're actually more in tune by like not being like so tight, so tough. Yeah. You know? I was thinking about that just the other day when I was training and moving my body. It was like back when I used to work out, I was completely disconnected from any sensation in my body. There was no signals firing. It was like from the neck down, there was really nothing there. And if there was something that showed up, discomfort, I just shut it down so I could keep going further. And now when I move my body, I feel like in tune with every joint and muscle and I can make these new neurological connections every day. This level of sensitivity I didn't even think was possible. That's what I was actually wanting to achieve. Yo, and that's it, man. It's like if you're not attached to this set pattern that you think you get like, I was just speaking about this earlier with a client. When I worked out, I would just, do bench pressing. Yeah. <laughs> more weight of this yeah, one thing. <laughs> I'm benching 350 with no spotter three times. Yeah. Like, Damn, I'm such a badass. Badass. Yeah, yeah. But like not even, man, I'm not egoic, but like, yeah, you are because you're like, you're just working on your pecs. Bro. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I love that, man. I love that. So evolution right there. It's really feeling. Mm. It's learning how to feel all the way, all the time. And that's the hyper awareness where I'm getting that with the teachings of activating the human technology and the human tuning it's from a small touch that even for people that that get body work done you know i consider myself a body worker and i know that there's been places in my past where i'm like oh my shoulders are so locked up i want some heavy work i want someone to just get really get into it but i recognize that there is a level of trust and safety that must be initiated first for the body to actually feel that they can surrender all the mm-hmm. And I've noticed some body workers and masters that have worked on me from the most gentle touch. It's just their mostly their presence where mm-hmm. I feel safe that I'm able to just like release <sighs> all of it. Yeah. Melt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's more feeling, right? Yeah. And then it's like even with exercise, it's important to yeah, really not go so hard. You know, it's mm-hmm. just really like go with feel. Right. Go with the feel. Right. And going hard can just go deeper into the holding pattern or the constriction pattern. It's like, oh, there's more force. So I got to tighten down even more to protect whatever I'm protecting against. And so I think that that was my first, that was my whole adult life really was I was just going harder on the things when the signals were saying like, slow the fuck down, Mm -hmm. like take it easy. I can relate to that. Yeah. And, And then you start masking, you know, you start masking because 
It starts hurting after a while. Yeah, it does. It starts hurting. So then there's more supplements or more stuff. Yeah. Know, instead of just like sitting and feeling. Right. right. Yeah. And the more I pay attention, all the signals, the emotional, the mental, the physical, the less healing work I need to do. It's like the healing's happening in the real time by listening. <laughs> it's like you get back to home, you get to this homeostasis to where for sure you just you're healthy. Uh, you're not trying to overthink it or overthink yeah. Uh huh. Right. This came to me recently where you get a cut, right? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Is it in a few days it's going to be closed up, and then uh-huh. in a few days after that it's going to be back to normal? Yep. Right? What did you do? You didn't pay attention to Nothing. it. You uh-huh. went on with it, mm-hmm. right? So it's the same thing with everything else, mm-hmm. but continually and gently being aware of that yeah, and adding that to your program. Right. Like, okay. I could just be more gentle with myself and do my things, you know, do my practices, my body moves, my stretching, yeah. my breathing, yeah. make this mm-hmm. like a constant thing that I do daily. And then this is your defragging and clearing your system daily. And then you mm-hmm. have your antennas are always lit. Mm. You're always feeling good. Yeah. You always enjoy. And this is the harmony here. And that's healing right there. Really. And also it's, I find it's easy to forget. I mean, I, I still forget. I sat with the ceremony yesterday and I came out of it so clear and I just instantly, I was, yeah, and this is how I used to feel all the time when I was doing X, Y, Z. And it was enough of a stark contrast before between who I was going into it just a few hours earlier and when I came out of it and I was like, oh, Okay. That's the signal that I needed to feel and see that, yeah. Similarly to Aya ceremony, back into the dark frequency where you got the upgrade already, mm-hmm. you felt what that space felt. So you have an anchor back to yep. it, right? Yep. So these medicines are reminders for that. I find them very helpful and they've helped me tremendously. Mm-hmm. And in that too, where I feel just even this conversation, we're reminding each other and we're helping each other mm-hmm. remember yes. more and more and more. This is what yes. we do for each other. You know, These yeah. are the torches we keep passing. Mm-hmm. I lit this one up. Now you take it. Now you share it with somebody else, you know, and just like keep circulating. Right. Circulating it. And even this conversation that it's recorded and broadcast, it's going to be a reminder for other people as well. And we have these reminders in our relationships and in just in nature. And that's where I think the conversation around medicine, plant medicine, I like to navigate it to this really balance on the seesaw because they are reminders and I find them very useful and very positive about a lot of the work that's being done. And there's reminders elsewhere. And if you're missing all of those other reminders that you have accessible to you all the time, then you're not actually getting the full benefit. (laughs) (laughs) I can relate to that in my medicine experience where when I started the jungle and three years after that, I had done IA close to 90 times. So 30 times a year. So that's a lot. That's a lot. It was a lot. And what happened at the end, it was actually at the 86th ceremony. I had it a few times after she told me to stop, but it was like a while until I did it again. Which yeah. was like, that's it for you. The most interesting and most head slapping realization that I had where she asked me to go out of the space and sit in the living room. And I was just like, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. You know, I was what happened. You know, she's like, look what you did. She's like, you're not out drinking anymore. You're not partying every weekend, but you're at ayahuasca ceremony every weekend. You're here. Yeah. You're missing it. Mm-hmm. So you're creating a pattern of putting something in and you're attached to this feeling mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge one for me of, all right, this is it. 
I'm yeah. done here. Yeah. I'm done here for now. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I stopped. And that's when I really learned what integration was at that point. It happened quickly when I was, I made that decision. or like, all right, I'm done with the medicine. Like she told me to stop. I'm going to listen. And then the training started coming in. The up-leveling happened tremendously after that. But in that space of just ingesting, mm-hmm. it wasn't happening. Right. right? It's similar to what you were yep. speaking of. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel a lot of people do use medicine for a bypassing mechanism, right? Where it's just, if I could go back, which I can't because it's all a success anyways, mm-hmm. but I feel at moments there could have been a way to just have one ceremony and do all the work. You yeah. know, if I really would have just yes. been in tune enough to map it all out, rejournal, rejournal, re-listen, retune in, all of it would have been there for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fortunately, I got that. She gave me that message the first time I sat and I sat four ceremonies and I didn't do any medicine for, I think, nine, 10 months after that. Because it was just like, no, I've got a lot here. I've got a lot here to work on. And also everyone's journey is their journey. And they're going to gonna figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Whatever way that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not everyone gets 86th on the 86th ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Uh. <laughs> but so much love for that plant and it feels like now what i do one of my one-on-one sessions people share with me that it feels like a medicine ceremony so what i feel like i'm doing here is transmitting from my growth and development in the medicine space mm-hmm. through the tools that i learned that i finally integrated mm. and learned over yeah. the last several years yeah so that's cool that, that that's is cool something that's really been light me up where yeah. you know, after a session people be like wow it felt like i was on dmt and i'm like you didn't take anything it was just a frequency that i was transmitting to you mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i started this learning from the medicine space so yes it makes mm-hmm. sense that this stuff is happening mm-hmm. so that's been that's yeah been fun, man. that is that's cool light me up, yeah. that's cool yeah and even in those moments where you think it's frivolous and you go sit and something at who knows if that's going to come online two decades from now, something right. in your 86th ceremony or whatever, 87th, right. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, like who, who, who knew? <laughs> but it was that detachment from the yes. pattern again that made it actually yeah. come into fruition. Yep. Okay. You listen this time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you're shifting because change is the language of the universe. Mm-hmm. I feel we all are constantly changing. So we can keep inviting more and more change into our lives. We just keep growing. We keep expanding. Yes. We become richer. We become wealthier, more abundant because mm-hmm. we learn more. Yes. And so once we learn more, then we require a greater capacity to hold the new mm-hmm. space that we're tuned into. So that's why it's getting bigger, bro. <laughs> yeah, we are. What are some other ways? I'm just more curious. What are some other ways that you work with your clients? I mean, you, you work with sound, vibration. Yeah. yeah. So a few things that I do these days, when the, when the one-on-one session space in person here in Austin, Texas, especially, I have a consultation and we usually, something will come up at the beginning, you know, like sometimes I'll start working with clients over three to six months, but usually there's some feelings and frequencies that present themselves first, right? Either something that's really lighting someone up or something that they're recognizing has been holding them back. And then on the table, I start working on different parts of the body, the back, I open up the meridians and the channels <laughs> through tendon ligament releasing, bone restructural work, myofascial deep mm-hmm. tissue. And then once there's an established safety and trust frequency between us, they're usually going to deeper spaces like mm-hmm. a hypnagogic dreamlike state. And that's where it really 
thrive in, mm-hmm. in my work in those spaces where I'm able to actually tune in to mm. either colors or energies that start coming in their guys and we all start working together like a big fun party party yeah <laughs> that's what I was thinking yeah, yeah. it's just a party yeah. party and then sound frequency work through different sound healing tools that I carry and have learned through and then medicine songs that they came to me in the Amazon jungle like Icaros mm-hmm. and the mestizo tradition mostly and that's the human tuning I do in person and then virtually coaching work is remembering programming I'm calling it it's like really just helping others remember who they are tuning into their gifts mm-hmm. to their purpose and just again passing them these torches that if I've learned in this space and like hey check this out if you go into this dark room see if this lights it up yeah. how does it look to you mm-hmm. does, it, does it feel good okay we'll support you in that and yeah help them from there yeah and then I've been creating art that's been another thing that's been lighting me up lately yeah painting and this is like a whole new world of being introing into the nft space where i'm actually putting sound healing frequencies into the visual arts that i'm creating whoa so that's something awesome that i'd love to see that i'll show you man yeah Yeah. thank you actually getting some landing pages up this week so Mm. i'll Mm. be sharing that soon were you always an artist yeah i was i was like very creative since i was young and art school all that bfa but then mostly what lit me up was graffiti I'm a graffiti artist, so mm. the last 25 years been, been wow. graffiti. And really, again, this is shifting into the help network of, okay, this is my purpose is to help others grow too mm-hmm. and help them. So using my artistic and especially graffiti skill set, I've transformed my output into, hey, why don't I just create letters and messaging that are going to help people amplify and raise their consciousness. So that's another big project that I'm doing right now. Very cool. It's like Enjoy Activation is the name of it. And we're just raising consciousness. Kindness is revolutionary. Community is a new currency. Yeah. Supernatural is one that I just did. You know, it's just like, it's like words that are helping us remember uh-huh. like who we really are. And, and I wonder if I've seen some of those. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like there's a lot of that around Austin though. I know, man. I love being here such an awesome yeah. creative city, man. I, again, back to the elements, I feel that something's up with the water, man. Edwards Aquifer is really this amplifier of creative energy here. You know, mm. It just feels super awesome to be here. Yeah. Even with you all. Get to <laughs> all the wizards. and Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I joke about it a lot, but like there's something that's calling all these people here to this place at this time. And that too. I think everyone's trying to figure out what that is, but uh, I just go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, go with it. Yeah. yeah. No, also feeling the anchor and the rooting here is important. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, you and I have both been traveling mm-hmm. lately. A lot, yeah. Flying away to plant some seeds, but then having yes. Austin as the base feels very, very good and aligned at the moment. Yeah. And I constantly have to find that really tune in to the sensation of what's balanced for me. And I sometimes will take on some projections from some people in Austin. They're like, why are you here more and this and that? Not gonna... And what's true for me is that I feel that a lot of going out into the world is there's a lot of work that I do in the world outside of Austin. But then there's also a lot of learning that I'm getting from actual geographic places. Like when I went to Shasta and when I went up to the Dow House in Colorado, it was like, 
there's something that happens for me on location that doesn't happen if I don't go and do that. And I just go to the places that I'm called and do the work that I'm called to do there. Bro, I'm with that 100, Mm -hmm. 1000 percent. I feel like, again, back to this video game scenario that this could be right. This very advanced (laughs) sacred video game of sorts where you keep traveling to these powerful magnetic points and it's you do this good work there you amplify a frequency and all of a sudden the land is like upgrade 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 so it's almost like you're going to touch these points of activation right and so you're now you're carrying the energy of that land and when you come back to the base especially here in austin it feels like it's like this sonar is just like vibrating mm-hmm. this like beacon of light outwards right mm-hmm. but we must do this we must go activate in other places i feel yeah like, I yeah that's important mm-hmm. cool Anything else you want to share? Anything else you want to talk about before we start winding down? Probably so much, man, but I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel super lit up here with you, speaking with you and sharing this energy and this vibe. I feel, you know, us, again, like no coincidences. Mm-hmm. And it's just feel very supported by your work and your energy. Mm-hmm. And I just, again, I want to thank you for being you and doing what you do here. It's, it's a great help for many people. And yeah, just I'm here as well to do the same, you know, just as as Mm -hmm. as I can be to help keep working on myself and at the same time, assisting others and supporting them in their growth and development. Yeah, I I was really excited to have this podcast. I know we've been talking about it for a couple of months now with you and have this conversation. And the reflection that I've wanted to share with you is that, and I briefly shared at the beginning, but being around you. I feel that energy of when I'm sitting with elders and when I'm sitting with really powerful shamans, I can tell have some deep ancient codes, whether they can speak to them or not, (laughs) they're transmitting them. And also you do it in a way that's so relatable to everyone. Even just this conversation, like we dove into a few esoteric things, but it was really relatable to many, many people that will be listening. And I have the conversations with some people that are just so far out in the ether. It's like, <laughs> what are we talking about again? Like, I'm not even tracking. And like, that's cool and fun sometimes. But I love how you transmit the message. Just layman. Well, I appreciate the reception of the way that I transmit. And I, I do feel I have a wisdom frequency to share. And you said you asked me this in the beginning, like, how do you do this in the modern world? Right. Well, this is it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, He's close. He's close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really, I feel it's just a lot more groundedness in my life. It allows me to transmit it in a way that others may find grounding and relatable also, you know, and I feel like really my relationship with the natural elements is a help for it where I'm setting up intentions through the day of like, all right, I worked on four people today, mm. hands on. So therefore I'm going to head over to the spring, yeah. clear myself and give thanks and just really allow myself that nourishment and that reset. And I feel like the daily practice of that, it brings more calm mm. into my transmission, which feels good. Yeah. But hey, if any other time you want to get together, we talk about the things like <laughs> the ice wall around this earth realm. Yeah. And the other continents that are on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. And the partners and the, partners yeah. And the counterparts. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, light, <laughs> the light ships that will probably be appearing more and more lately. So everyone be aware. Yeah. They're, mm-hmm. they're all here to help us and assist. Um, anytime, yeah. brother. Anytime. There's so much there. <laughs> Last drop. Well, <laughs> yeah, last drop. Well, also, 
I've been sharing this with people and sharing it with a lot of naysayers too. Some that are full believers in this world and the practice you taught us. Oh, bending spoons. Oh yeah, the fork and spoon bending. Fork and spoon bending. Yeah, so that's an intro to the superhuman potential where yeah. it's like you did it immediately, yeah. which was like I think you were the first one to just like get it right away. And I've been in groups that there's usually one person that is able to pull it off. And that was you. And I was like, wow, okay, Chris gets it. Cause it's like you're really giving the attention to tuning into all of the parts, you know, the red energy at the mm-hmm. root chakra bringing mm-hmm. up to your forehead. And then what I say and what I'll end with here is like when you get those goosebumps, that's the go time and that's your truth. That's your connection to the source. So that's at the same moment where you're able to bend a fork or a spoon is like when you feel those goosebumps, you immediately go and believe that you can do it and you yeah. have that powerful activation that you're connecting to in that moment. And so it's just like when you really hear a truth in life, right? When somebody's really lighting you up, you get those goosebumps. That's yeah. like that. That's that truth, man. Mm. That's the activation right there. I feel that. And I'll share another story. In that moment right there at that time, I was so committed and in such belief that it was going to happen no matter what. That's like it. it was happening. That's it. And that's the power of our belief frequency where, and even in life, right, where you're setting your goals and you know, without any doubt that this is where you're going, that's going to come to you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So that's a small component in like a small object, a fork or a spoon where you, you can transmit that information to yeah. you in that moment, right? Mm. And you pulled it off. That was awesome. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And flipping it to the other side, I practiced it a lot after that. And taught a few people like I guided them through the same thing that was so impactful for me and so many did it and then there's a time where I recognize now I was using it as a party trick and I tried to do it in front of like five people that were like no way and I realized I was just in this ego proving energy and it couldn't happen like I was trying to tune in and I couldn't connect to it and I couldn't do it and I was like I'm just trying to prove this right now and the mastery here is the awareness of what you were doing, man. Yep. That's more upgrades right there. Yeah. Thank right you. On, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, bro. Thanks for what being on today. Pleasure, man. Oh, so this is great. To be here and to have shared. And thank you for all the questions and the good energy here, man. Looking yeah. forward to more, bro. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you all for listening as well. Thank you all for listening. Where can people find you? So Instagram whole sky rescue like the whole sky and then r-e-s-q and my website is whole sky healing arts.com beautiful and we'll put those in the show notes post them on the gram thank you brother and actually ironically when this episode comes out i just realized i'll actually be in the jungle sitting medicine my team puts this out for me so yeah yeah so So. we're good energy for you there too and our conversation and, and our relationship and our connection to these powerful planet allies that that are here to, to support us. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Fully Expressed Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this vulnerable conversation with our guest. And if you enjoy this show, please leave us a review, share it with a friend, and let me know if this has impacted your life in any way. You can message me directly on Instagram at Chris Marhefka. And also, if you want to support this show, the show is fully funded by my company, Training Camp for the Soul. Go over and check out trainingcampforthesoul.com, where you can find out about our online programs, in-person retreats, and lots of free offerings. 
where we're helping people to transform their lives radically and permanently. Thank you all for listening. I appreciate you so much for making this dream a reality.